Welcome to the Flow Podcast. Today, it's my pleasure to have Dennis Ash on the podcast. Dennis, how's it going? Going great. Pleasure to be on the show. <laughs> okay, Dennis. So first, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm American, born and raised in Oregon. I live in Rio de Janeiro. I've been here for close to a decade. I founded the company Connection Rio and uh, got here via jiu-jitsu itself. Uh, I'm that's it. <laughs> so, you said that you got here via jiu-jitsu. Is that why you decided to come to Brazil in the first place? It is, absolutely. 100% of the, the reason why I came here in the first place. Uh, I wanted to see the the cradle of jiu-jitsu. I wanted to see where Brazilian jiu-jitsu came from. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have a, an excellent professor back in the state of Machado who had uh, trained me, prepared me for uh Winning championships back there, and I ended up getting in the the Gracie Open, the first Gracie Open, and thanks to Gracie family, I was introduced to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and uh, here I am. I loved it so much, I wanted to stay. Mm, okay. So, why, you said that you, that's why you loved it so much. Can you talk about specifically what you like like so much that convinced you to stay in um, Rio for so long? The culture, the Brazilian culture, or more specifically the the Carioca or Rio de Janeiro's culture, how it goes hand in hand, the healthy lifestyle, nature, the ocean, you got the, the rainforest and the way that uh, the people are, the way the people interact here, the warm openness. It's just, uh, it's ideal for anybody that likes to, to train jiu-jitsu. Not to mention the climate is great for your joints. You know, you wake up in the morning, you feel like training, you feel loose, you're ready to go. Mm. Okay. Um how has it changed from when you first came to the way it is now, Brazil? And some... Brazil in general, well, the infrastructure here has increased uh, tenfold. It's it's way better. Uh, things are much more organized, although still not anywhere close to what I remember in the United States, but uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. It's much, much better than it used to be. Uh, things are much safer here. They've implemented uh, police stations inside the uh, favelas, and that's really that's made a huge difference to bring the community together, and uh, just you feel generally much more safe on the streets. Uh, there's a ton less crime than there used to be. When I first got here, you wouldn't see people walking around flashing their phones, or or uh, you'd never see anybody with a with a smartphone here. But now it's very common to go on a on a public bus and see people with their iPads out, or or uh, on the street talking on their iPhones or Blackberries or whatever, and uh, no problems. It's a, it is still a big city, and obviously there's crime, but uh, that's it's definitely gotten much, much better than what it used to be. And as far as the academies, I've seen a, a huge change in the attitude from uh, what was once uh, very frowned upon in training at multiple academies is, is now at least looked at in a better light. It's more... Uh, accepted than it used to be. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so basically would you say that it's become maybe more like a, a foreigner-friendly kind of place? I mean, I think a lot of people have this perception of they want to they wanna go to Brazil, but maybe they're not, a, they're, they're afraid that maybe if they don't know, you know, the city, that maybe it's not safe for them. Would you say that it's a lot more friendly to people who are coming from maybe, not even the states, but all over the world? Definitely. 
definitely more friendly to anybody that's visiting, any foreigner that's visiting Rio right now or or Brazil. It's much more much more friendly. It's uh, people are more open. They're uh, they are uh, greeted in a different way. People are expecting that the the government's pushing towards more people learning English and being able to communicate with foreigners, as uh, they're expecting the 2014 World Cup and 2016 Olympics. So it's really it's really a push to to make the infrastructure better and make the reception of everybody that's a foreigner coming here better overall. Hmm. Uh, when you first went to Brazil. Um, did did you speak the language, or did you kind of know a little bit? Did you have to pick it up as you got there? I spoke all about twenty words when I got here, <laughs> so it was uh, yeah, I just kind of jumped in head first. But okay. uh, I applied myself and carried around a little dictionary all the time, and I'm very thankful to my girlfriend who uh, helped me to learn the language. Okay. I am now fluent in Portuguese, but it did did, did take some work. Yeah, and that's one of the things that has really helped, also with me personally in the academy in the in the city. Speaking the language makes a huge difference in the way that uh, you're received by people here. You know, for one thing, I believe anybody a foreigner travels to a different country, you should make at least a minimal effort to learn some basic words to communicate with people just out of respect. Mm. Yeah, and uh, they appreciate it. <laughs> So, you know, um, when you were training, how, when you first started out, was it, did you basically just communicate through, like, you know, like, I guess the language of jiu-jitsu, kind of like we all speak the same language and we're doing jiu-jitsu. So, like, when you were training and you were watching moves, did you just basically have to kind of, you know, learn through, like, watching and observing? Pretty much. And it's uh, it wasn't all that difficult. But as I said, I mean, the more words you pick up, the more the language you know, the, the more details you can pick up as well. Yeah. Because you can ask certain questions that can be explained in a way that uh, might be a little more difficult if you couldn't speak the language. But still, like, just learning visually, it's it's not a problem. You know, it's, it, can be, it can be explained through, through uh, your professor just showing the moves to you or doing them on you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... Talk, can you talk a little bit about how the schools are in in Rio? You know how the jiu-jitsu is there because um, I think uh, some people will be interested interested to hear the differences from there as opposed to how it is maybe um in other places like the states or maybe in Europe. Right, uh, I've, academies here are generally uh, less formal. Okay. A lot of the places you you're not. So concerned about uh, uh, formalities. You shake your hand uh, with your professors. You know, obviously the sign respect the black belts on the mat, and uh, class are a little bit more loosely taught. But that that is also depending on the academy that you're at. Certain academies here in Rio de Janeiro they're real traditional, they're real real formal. You still, you know line up super respectful, uh, bow on and off the mat, so forth. But uh, generally, the training here is more focused on the, the free trainer, the rolling, and less time spent doing technique. And you find that if you go into an academy and, and you're really into drilling or you really want to practice that move that you just learned right now, a lot of the times the uh, 
the Brazilian partners are not quite as into it as you are. You might they might go through it a half a dozen times. All right, that's good. Good for me. All right, I'm going to sit on the sideline now. Yeah. And uh, it's something you have to you have to push. You have to you know fall back on the mat and say, hey, you know, I'm uh, I want to do a few more. Hmm. Okay. Um. So you you said that it's more sparring. Um. You personally, what do you do? You think that that's good, bad? What are the trade offs of more sparring versus um maybe more drilling in other places? Sparring is great. I believe it's a, a very important part of anyone's training. But I also believe that drilling and that specific training are super important to building up your game and making your making your jiu-jitsu a part of you. It's uh I believe you have you should have your your time of training when you're only working on new techniques, you're focusing on 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 uh, expanding your game in that way, then you should drill those techniques until it becomes second nature. You know them like the back of your hand. Mm-hmm. And there is where you're going to apply them in specific training. We work on the moves that uh, out of certain positions you need to uh, to make better or you want to make better. And then you put that into free sparring. Hmm. Okay. And um, you train at uh, Gordo School, is that correct? Yes. Okay, so can you talk a little bit about what it's like training under him? Gordo's great. He uh, lives a real jiu-jitsu lifestyle. <laughs> he will, uh, he'll get up in the morning. He lives a few blocks away from the academy. He rides his bike over there. He's got a beach cruiser, teaches class, grabs his surfboard, goes down to the beach. Sometimes if he grabs the, uh, the, the kite surfing or whatever, does, a, does that, and then uh, heads back at nighttime to teach class again. And that definitely makes the most out of the lifestyle here in Rio de Janeiro. As a professor, he's great. He's got a deep technical knowledge of jiu-jitsu. A lot of people know him only for his contribution to the half guard, but he actually has a well-rounded game and uh, can break down pretty much any any different uh, aspect of jiu-jitsu that you need broken down for you. Hmm. Um, you mentioned... Uh you know, living the jiu-jitsu lifestyle and, you know, how Gordo has, you know, really took advantage of that. Um, when people say that to you, what what does that mean? To, um, what do you think about, actually, when someone says living the jiu-jitsu lifestyle? Jiu-jitsu lifestyle for me is a healthy lifestyle, a lifestyle that where you would follow a simple life uh, that's geared more around uh, philosophy and uh, enjoying life rather than material things. Jiu-Jitsu lifestyle is making time for yourself, for your family, for your friends, and uh, making the most of every day. Hmm. Um, You know, it's interesting is that uh, I was recently listening to an interview with – Marcus Almeida or Pushesha, and he was saying that he moved to the States because he found it difficult for him to make a living where he was at. Um, what do you think of, I mean, you've been there for a long time. What is the culture, or what is the, I guess, the situation like for guys who are trying to make a living as far as maybe teaching jiu-jitsu and trying to live the lifestyle that you're talking about? Up until a few years ago, jiu-jitsu was actually frowned upon here. Uh, for a good 15 years, 
uh, middle class, upper middle class had uh, just pushed themselves away from it unless people were directly involved with jiu-jitsu, their childhood or, or uh, maybe they're specifically the, the person themselves just was attracted to jiu-jitsu because of the era in the late 80s, mid-90s, where there's the pitchy boys, the, the jiu-jitsu practitioners that went into bars and came clubs and beat people up and, and made a bad name for the sport. Uh, there was also a, a falling out between uh, the owner of Globo, which is the biggest media source here in Brazil and uh, one of jiu-jitsu's greats, and uh, he had uh, sworn that, that all the media that went out about jiu-jitsu was only going to be negative media, and that actually did happen for, for the longest time. For years and years, the only media that you saw about jiu-jitsu was, ah, jiu-jitsu guy I've caught for stealing a car, or MMA guy I've caught for, for beating somebody up in the club, and a lot of the time, um, if you looked or read between the lines, you'd see that the, the person wasn't even really a, uh, necessarily a true athlete or a, a, a person who trained on a regular basis. It might have been a guy that, that fought one amateur fight or, or took a month's worth of jiu-jitsu class. It didn't matter. They put it in the paper and, and used that as a headline, and uh, it was ridiculous. But uh, since the UFC has done a great job uh, marketing here in Brazil – really given the this, this sport of MMA a good name, uh, it's helped to bring people's attention back to jiu-jitsu, which is the base of MMA. And uh, anybody that's here right now is starting to feel the difference in the amount of people that are interested in training both jiu-jitsu, no-gi, as well as uh, MMA. And it is quite possible to make a living here, a successful living, through teaching jiu-jitsu. You founded Connection Rio. Um, can you talk about how it started and the thinking behind it? No problem. Connection Rio came from uh, my first experience here in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, after spending a week at Elio Gracie's house, I stayed at the, uh, the On the Mat house with uh, Scott Nelson. And while I was there, Scott and uh, Danny Do-Nothing both encouraged me to open up my own place and uh, accommodate people who were coming to train jiu-jitsu and MMA here in Rio de Janeiro. As I was there at the, on the mat house, I, I began to, to manage when Scott would go away back to the States to, to film championships and such. And uh, eventually I got my own place and started to accommodate people who were coming here. And the idea behind it was really to help people to go through some of the difficult that be foreigner is when coming to Rio de Janeiro, especially at the time when it was, uh, when it was the infrastructure was much less of what it is right now. Finding your way around, knowing the places to go, having a you know a fair you know fair rate for your accommodations, and uh, being with somebody who is another foreigner who's been through the exact same experience. I wanted to be able to share that with other people because of my good experience and the good times that I've had had here. I wanted uh, to be able to share that with other people. And uh, it grew into what it is today, which is just uh, a business that keeps expanding in all directions and uh, building great relationships with all the academies throughout the city of Rio de Janeiro. And uh, we are we are Connection Rio. All of our games are created with open arms anywhere you go in the city, in any of the academies. The biggest name, whether it be the biggest name or, or, or 
a little hole in the wall academy. If you go in there with Connection Rio, you're guaranteed to have a good time and uh, definitely be greeted with open arms. Hmm. So you talked about, um, you know, you wanted to help people who um, who maybe are have questions or because you've gone through a lot of the stuff that maybe they're they're going to experience. Um, can you talk about maybe some of the stuff that you know that was maybe difficult for you when you first started when you first came to Rio? I guess the most difficult things I would say uh, probably communication was one of the first first things that gave me a hard time. Yeah. Um, and finding my way around because of the communication barrier, but uh, that's not that's not even the the most difficult. I think one of the most difficult things is uh, is uh, pricing for foreigners and pricing for locals. That's something that's not as common as it used to be, but that's still something that's ridiculous to me. Here, there you will find uh, high season rates and low season rates, whereas uh, I've, that's one of the things I've abolished. There's no there's no high season or low season rates at Connection Rio. It's all one price, one fair market price all year round. But that goes for anything. You might you might go into a restaurant and uh, have somebody try to charge you a little bit more because you're a foreigner. Which I said again, this is uh, this is not something that happens frequently like it used to but uh, that's definitely one of the one of the most difficult things is something that's uh it's like an insult it's like uh it's like someone someone is, wants to do that to you because they think they can easily take advantage of you you know and uh that's that's one of the one of the uh principal reasons that uh, I wanted to be able to help people and and uh get them past these things as as they were coming to Rio to visit and have a good time mm. so um, I think a lot of people, you know, especially in the jiu-jitsu community, know about Connection Real. They've seen it. They've seen maybe some of you guys' videos, but maybe they're not sure exactly all the details of how it works. Can you, you know, explain exactly, um, you know, you can't obviously go into every little detail, but can you explain maybe um, how it works for people who are, when they, when they come into Rio, how, how they get set up with you guys and um, exactly what you guys do? Sure. Well, first off, I got a big, uh, big up to Hal Teague of BJJ Hacks, who's responsible for 99% of Connection Rio's videos. He's always doing a great job and uh, yeah. helping people see inside those academies and and all the things that people at Connection Rio are doing, as well as he's got a ton of his own projects going on at the same time. Anyway, Connection Rio, uh, it's a uh, best combination of accommodations, providing accommodation that breaks down a lot of the walls that people would normally run into when they get here in Rio. I've spoken with countless number of athletes that had been here before and stayed in hotels or stayed in, in other places where they were close by to other athletes, but generally the biggest or longest conversations they'd have was, hey, good morning. But when you're living in the same place, you're training and at the, the same academies together, you're going out together, it breaks down those walls and it helps people to create friendships that last a lifetime. And, and you got contacts from all around the world with like-minded people that are training, have similar goals, and uh, it's something that's it's just exploded, something that's, that's created a, a network of people across the world who have met in Connection Rio, right here in Rio de Janeiro. And what we do is not only provide the accommodations, but we we provide tours in the different academies. We get people into uh, 
into events, whether it be fights or whether it be uh, shows, and uh, have a good time. Hmm. So you mentioned people who have similar goals, you know, um, you know, being able to, you know, form, you know, kind of like um, bonds together. If for someone who's serious about competing, you know, in jujitsu, do you think that they should come to Rio to experience what it's like there? Absolutely. Yeah, for one thing, it'll give you a whole other level of confidence. If you competed in the birthplace of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, or if you trained in the birthplace of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in these academies, it just gives you a whole other level of confidence. You know you've been there. There's nothing, nothing you haven't seen. You can go onto any stage, onto any platform and compete, and that you know that you, you've been here, you've seen it firsthand. Not, not to mention that anybody that trains jiu-jitsu is serious about it, is on the path to getting their black belt. I recommend coming here just to experience it, whether it be for, for a couple of days, a week, or like many people do, spend six months here or a year here and really get into the culture, get into the training here. It's uh, it's something that's – there's no other, no other way around it. Mm. So what would you say um... – I know you can't maybe give me an exact number, but you know if you were to estimate how many people come to Connection Real that are serious competitors versus people that are you know maybe just you know they they train a lot but maybe they're you know they they came to you know enjoy the whole experience and not just there just to train exclusively. You know, I'd say uh, the large majority of people that come are looking to experience what it's like to be a professional athlete or what, what it's like to to be here uh, training for a fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not necessarily professional athletes. They're not, uh, they're not uh, living uh, off of being a competitor, but they want to experience it. So they come here and they can train two or three times a day. They can experience the jiu-jitsu lifestyle. They don't have anything else to think about while they're doing it. Uh, we have, you know, obviously a number of high-level competitors have come through here. Both uh, athletes from the UFC have stayed there at Connection Rio, and uh, a number of really high-level submission and jiu-jitsu athletes have also stayed here. And uh, But as far as percentage-wise, it's many less people uh, coming as professional athletes as opposed to people who are coming as uh, business professionals or, or students who want a break, who want to come here and experience the jiu-jitsu lifestyle. Hmm. So, you know, um, I was looking at your site the other day, and, um, you know, one thing that you guys mentioned is that, you know, it's not just about competing, but there's also a lot of other things that people do when they're there. Can you talk about some of the things that you've seen people, you know, maybe enjoy a lot when they're there at Connection Rio, besides jiu-jitsu, of course? I would say the number one thing besides jiu-jitsu is the beach. Everybody loves the beach here. There's, yeah. there's no way around it. I mean, it's a, it's a beach culture here in Rio de Janeiro. And one of the things, as soon as you go to the beach, you're going to see the healthy lifestyle that goes hand-in-hand with jiu-jitsu because every three or four posts on the beach or lifeguard posts, you'll see a workout station. It's provided by the city for people to train, you know, because everybody promotes that healthy lifestyle here. It's promoted. It's it's something that people want. Mm. Okay. Um so, you know, you're saying that, you know, it's promoted, it's healthy lifestyle. Why do you think that maybe 
is it simply because of, you know, there's beaches, you know, all over the place as opposed to maybe in the States, you know, people aren't, don't have access to it? Is that maybe why this lifestyle is maybe promoted more so in Brazil or in Rio, actually? Honestly, yes. I think because of the beach, that's the number one reason. But right now, also, they're really, speaking of the city government, they're really, or the, the, the Brazilian government in general, they're really promoting athleticism because the Olympics are coming here in 2016, and they're working on building up this next generation of athletes to be able to compete and do well for the country. Hmm. Okay. Um, you mentioned the Olympics. I know people have always, you know, they, they, they really want Jiu-Jitsu to be in the Olympics. And, you know, as you, um, being there in Rio, um, what would you say, what what do you think is maybe the, the government's position or their, what are their feelings towards trying to get Jiu-Jitsu as a sport in the Olympics? I don't think they really even care. I don't yeah. think it's it's even on their agenda at all. <laughs> no, okay. honestly, that's that's uh, so all there is to it. I don't I don't really think they're interested at all in, in working on jujitsu as a as an Olympic sport. Mm-hmm. There's uh, uh, you know it's, for them it has too many similarities to to judo. Okay. And I think they're more interested in building up their their uh, wrestling or building up the judo team. Yeah. Uh, or strengthening it than trying to bring in jujitsu as an Olympic sport. Okay. So, and is that pretty much because those are those sports are already established on the international level? You would think. Yes, exactly. Okay. I, I think it's it's much. It just makes much more sense for them to uh, instead of fighting to try to get another sport that's similar to judo in there to uh, just take what's already there, which is uh, which is judo, and then uh, wrestling for the no kimono, mm. and uh, it is what it is. Okay. Um, so, last thing I wanted to ask you was that, you know, a lot of people, you know, they see Connection Real, and of course, you know, it looks great, you know, they, they see the lifestyle, um, but maybe they're, you know, not sure if they're able to maybe afford it, or exactly how how it works. Can you give an idea for someone how maybe normally it, the, the pricing works or is it different for everyone? It's No, it's not different for everyone. It's uh, this year-round fair market prices. Uh, right now our lowest prices, which would be in a, uh, in a dormitory, are around 15 U.S. dollars a night. Okay. So for a, on a monthly rate. So it's uh, much better than just about anywhere else in the city and like I said we don't have high season rates which uh, generally people here they double or triple their rates for high season it doesn't exist at Connection Rio because I just don't believe in it I don't believe it's it's something that's necessary I believe in uh, creating long lasting good relationships with all the all the guests that come to Connection Rio mm. and instead of trying to you know charge something that's, uh, that's unnecessary yeah and what would you say maybe the price of living is is like in Rio. I mean, is it? I, I would assume that it's cheaper, right? No, absolutely not. Right oh, now, no. Uh, it's, oh. no, inflation's real, uh, uh, real high. It's uh, you know, great to budget before you get here. Uh, food is probably the most expensive, followed by transportation. Those two things you, uh, you have to worry about the most. And starting in 2013, Connection Rio is going to implement the transportation system offered not only to the guests at Connection Rio, but uh, to people all across the city, uh, transporting them directly to the best, most sought-out academies in Rio de Janeiro. And uh, this right there will be 
comparable. It'll be about uh, a monthly. It has a monthly pass, which is, by the way, there are no. There's no such thing as a monthly monthly bus pass here or a public transportation oh, pass. Okay. It doesn't exist. So, uh, but Connection Rio, the transport system will have a monthly pass that is uh, less than uh, riding a regular public bus. It'll just drop you off wherever uh, on a monthly rate. Hmm. So, how do people, you know, who are who are there um, in Connection Rio, do they normally just get around by bike? Do they walk to the academies? I mean, how does it work? It depends. Well, the two things are what academies are training at, and uh, really what they prefer. Uh, a lot of people ride bikes, a lot of people take the bus, a lot of people walk. There's, uh, from Connection Rio, about one block away, there's a bus that'll take you just about anywhere you need to go. Uh, bikes are available. People easily ride bikes to a lot of different academies in uh, in Baja. And uh, there are several academies that are easy to walk to. Hmm. So it really depends on the individual and what they prefer and what academy they're training at. Okay, Dennis, so I know you guys are also working on um, some video projects, you know, Connection Real. Um, can you talk about some of these projects that you're working on? Absolutely, yes. One is a BJJ Hacks project that I'm a producer with the talented uh, filmmaker, journalist, uh, Al Teague. It's a Red Belts film. And it's really opening up a, a big part of jiu-jitsu history that nobody really knows about to date. And that's something that should definitely be followed by anyone. We also have a ton of Connection Real short films coming out that shows you inside the academies, give you an idea of what it's like to be in these places that have been up to date, uh, basically mythical places. Uh, what's it like to train at uh, BTT in Rio de Janeiro? What's it like to train at De La Hiva's Academy in Rio de Janeiro? But now with the videos we're putting out, uh, that gives people an idea before they even get here to the city, or if they're just interested, maybe they're just fans of the, the professors, they have an idea what it's like to train inside their academies. And uh, as well as the Real Rio show, we put a, a pilot series together for that last year, and we're going to pick up uh, production from a ton of unedited material that we have in many, many academies across the city, as well as uh, Jungle Fight and City of God. Uh, we're looking to get that out by the beginning of 2013. And uh, that's it. Just keep your eye on the Connection Rio Facebook page on the Connection Rio site and then uh, on BJJ Hacks for lots of stuff coming out in the near future. Mm. Okay, great. Okay, so Dennis, um, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, if people want to learn more about you or like Connection Rio, you know, they want to get more information, where can they go? Go to ConnectionRio.com. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> well, let's check us out on the Facebook, too. There's, uh, the Facebook page got plenty of information. It's always talking about what uh, events are coming up, what we're going to be doing, and uh, uh, what's going on here in Rio de Janeiro, whether it be championships, group outings, uh, shows, whatever. It's on the Connection Rio Facebook page. Mm, great. Okay, Dennis, well, I appreciate you taking the time, and um, hopefully we'll talk again. Great. Good deal. I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much.